Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and lucky you, you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Uh, that's gold, baby, gold. Oh, yeah. We'll keep a little Pulp Fiction theme here today. Yes! Go to the website, you miss anything, tcmartinshow.com, our terrible Tuesday takes, and of course, podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, TC Martin Show, available there. Yeah, I could do this all day with this soundtrack. Nubchuck, get back here! We got a guest on the line! Alright, we go to Tampa Bay! Talk a little bit more about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, some NFL, and a whole lot more with our man, the Bucks sideline reporter, and also fantastic job on the college play-by-play side with Compass Media. Him and Tiki Barber doing Alabama, Mississippi State last week. T.J. Reeves. See, like the way I did that. Hit that right, that guitar. T.J. bobbing his head. What's going on, man? Always good to be with the initials, brother. Glad you survived the World Series. Uh, thank you for the kind words on the play-by-play. That was a good part of the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> then came whatever that was Sunday, Doctor, which still 48 hours from now, I'm still trying to figure out on how the Buccaneers got decisively beaten by that team. Interim head coach, third-string quarterback. Correct me if I'm wrong, Christian McCaffrey, was shipped via UPS, COD, <laughs> or something to the 49ers on Thursday. Am I correct? Of last yes, week? Yes. And they still beat the Bucs 21 3, brother. Yeah. <sighs> Only mustering a field goal, and that field goal coming in the fourth quarter. What transpired there, my friend? I mean, as you're watching this, I know it's a beautiful sunny day in Carolina. I, I really, <laughs> seriously. I when I saw this game unfolding, I'm going, okay, what's going on here? I know the the Bucks are struggling, like the Packers and, and other teams, but what did your eyes see unfolding during that 60 minutes of pure boredom? Well, the first thing we saw was Mike Evans, and it's it's now made its way all the way around the internet, the memes, all of it, not being able to come up with the bomb on the third play of the game, wide open. Uh, I mean, he could have crawled into the end zone had he caught the ball. Doesn't catch the ball. It deflated him. It deflated the team at the beginning. And they eventually just gave Carolina life and belief. And those guys get paid, too, even the backups and the reserves that are now playing in a lot of cases for them. And for whatever reasons, the Bucks could not snap out of it even at halftime. I mean, it was only a 7 nothing game at the half, and it's not like Carolina was going to run away and score 40 points in the game. But time and again, they would shoot themselves in the foot with a penalty. They would uh, miss a block that would get somebody clobbered three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Just uh, did not look sharp, did not put it together. Todd Bowles said after the game, we're in a very dark place right now because Honestly, I mean, this is the truth. This team is way too talented to be playing a game like that and score three points on the road. It's it's really uh, eye-opening to have seen that because it's one thing if Carolina won the game, like like the Washington Green Bay game, for example. And by the way, Doctor, you were anointing the Packers, uh, as you tend to do after they had beaten the Buccaneers. <laughs> wait, Buccaneers wait. haven't done much since. And um, the Packers haven't done much since because, I mean, okay. Washington with Taylor Heineke, your guy – 
Uh, I mean, they, they took care of the Packers, but at least that was competitive. At least Green Bay put 21 points on the road on the road and had chances uh, in the second half of the game to maybe win the game. The Bucks were nowhere close to winning that game in the fourth quarter. It's just it's dumbfounding is the word I'll use. Yeah. And, and again, just to clarify, I wasn't anointing the Packers. I just felt that that was a good spot for them well, in this game. Pretty, you were pretty so, well talking about Packers, get ready, playoffs, postseason. No, you know, okay, no, 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 stop, stop. I have never, I've never said that. And again, if you listen to the first part of the show, I was putting Tampa and Green in the same sentence as part a terrible Tuesday because they both stink. All right, they so I, 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 I and I'm, I'm never, yeah, I'm not an anointing thing. And you know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, so please, yeah, that's 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 incorrect. But back to your game, the offensive struggles: two for twelve on third down, one for three on fourth down, forty-six yard rushing. 46 yards rushing. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at this. I'm going, this doesn't add up. And like you said, this just wasn't a one-off. I mean, the Packers and the Buccaneers are both three and four at this point in time. And here's another thing, too. So I went and I looked at the box score, and I go, how many turnovers did they have? They had zero. I mean, to, to score three points and to have these putrid stats without a turnover, I mean, it is it is crazy. And, again, I don't know what it is. You know, with uh, that particular game or what this team's going on, but I mean, again, when you look at this, you you say, okay, they're much more talented, but you know, again, like the Packers, it's just it it just hasn't gotten any better over the last few weeks. What do you attribute that to? Well, and one difference, obviously, is Bruce Arians is not there any yeah. longer to be the head coach, the motivator, the guy that is overseeing the game plan all of the different things. You've slid Todd Bowles in. He's put his imprint on the team. Uh, you've got the Brady-Byron Leftwich tandem essentially handling the offense. There's much debate and conversation about how much Tom Brady is wielding in terms of authority on the game plan and the play calls. And, let, and let's be honest, a couple other things. They have one touchdown on those numbers you were quoting in their last 26 drives going back to the Atlanta game. Shall I say that again for the galactically famous T.C. Martin audience? Going back to the fourth quarter of the Atlanta game, the entire fourth quarter, you've got nine quarters and 26 drives through the Pittsburgh and Carolina game with one touchdown. That is, that is inept. That's, when you're talking like 76 Buccaneers of John McKay that couldn't win a game and couldn't get out of their own way, uh, that, couldn't, that couldn't walk down the sidewalk without falling over, that, uh, that's, I mean, that's not good. You don't expect that. You don't expect those kind of numbers from a Brady-led offense. So part of not being able to run the ball, I believe, this is just from having done this, but also from the cheap seats and, and watching and listening to people talk about things, the NFL figures you out after about three or four games. When did the Buccaneers' offensive problems start? Probably in game three with Green Bay shutting them down, uh, especially in the first half of that game. They were able to get points in the second half. But long about game four with Kansas City and how physical they were and, and moving beyond that, they, the other teams, the Atlantas, the Pittsburghs, the Carolinas, and now Baltimore coming in two nights that I'm sure that we're going to talk about, they've been watching the tape of the first three, four, five-game sample size. They see tendencies. And if you don't adjust, they are going to clamp down. And I believe that is a significant part of what the problem is, is that other teams have – have decided, hey, we've seen you have some success, and we're not going to let you do that against us. Mm -hmm. Now what are you going to do about it? Adjust to the adjustment. 
So Tom, there you go. Tom Brady throws 49 passes. When was the last time you saw Tom Brady throw 49 passes without recording a touchdown? <laughs> Seriously, right. right? Isn't that crazy? That's uh, – I can't and throw for 300 yards yeah. and not throw an interception, yeah. and the team still scores three points. Yeah. You're right. But uh, they they had problems throughout the game being able to run. He was having to throw on third and short and fourth and short all the time to convert uh, for drives. Clearly, you didn't ask me this, they clearly still miss Rob Gronkowski in the middle as a third down guy because they were, they were poor again, especially early in the game, on sustaining drives on third down, and that's where he would always go to Gronk, and especially in the red zone. He would go to Gronk, uh, and once again they get in the red zone the one time in this game and end up um, uh, with a field goal. So that means nine touchdowns in 19 attempts, still still around about 22nd or 23rd in the NFL. They were third in the NFL last year, Doctor, inside the red zone on touchdowns. They were second the Super Bowl year on red zone efficiency and touchdowns. So that's not nearly good enough uh, right now from this Buccaneer team. Here's the hope. The hope is they've gotten some of this straightened out. Uh, Whoever had to peel the paint off the wall Sunday, Sunday night, Monday, Brady maybe himself, uh, you know, that's been taken care of. They got a full day of practice in today. You get like a half-day walkthrough tomorrow. You do have the advantage of not having to get on the plane. Baltimore's got to come to you on the short week. And maybe this team is about to come out and, oh boy, put a touchdown on the board in the first half or a couple of them and put the pressure on the Ravens in front of the home crowd. You would we think, shall see. We, we have not seen a first-quarter touchdown in seven games with the Hall of Famer at the helm. Will Thursday night, Dr. Be the night. I would say go to the book for this one. Go to the book and say, yes, uh, there's a prop there. Will the Bucks score a touchdown in the first quarter? Absolutely, yes. And, again, they should go off in this game because that Baltimore defense is not very good. I mean, they're one of the worst in the NFL. So I'm, I'm banking on that. Uh, how does Tom Brady look to you? Do you mean fig- figuratively? But every I'm not talking about all of it. All of the above. Great conversation about all of it. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. So I, I think figuratively, he is having some problems with his shoulder to this extent. He can still make throws. He can still throw the ball down the field. I mean, the ball's laid right in there to Mike Evans, forty yards down the field. There's not the same velocity at the moment, thirty or forty yards down the field. But there doesn't really have to be. All right, so physically from that standpoint, he got hit a couple of times. And this is not just me saying this. You could see it on the TV replay. He would touch his shoulder. He doesn't make a big deal about it. He's not going to lay on the ground writhing in pain. But I think that is still bothering him. And that's not something that may get any better right now until you have a bye week. And that's still a month away from being able to do that. All right, how, how else does he look? He looks at times uh, rattled by the pass rush, which there's been some because it's a make – it's a makeshift offensive line after losing some guys. So you see unbrady-like passes that go in the dirt or behind people uh, in certain situations that make you go, huh, 45 years of age, is that some of father time? Maybe. And then figuratively is one thing, but physically after the game, he does look dejected. I mean, he gives the post-game press conference, and a lot of people are texting me and contacting me going, man, this guy looks Totally different than the riding high, confident Tom Brady that we've seen. I said, well, losing also does that to you. And problems behind the scene, which I'm sure you're going to get to, can do that to you. He needs something good. He needs something positive to happen starting Thursday night. We shall see. All right, let's go to our on-the-spot Hollywood reporter. There it is. Not Hollywood, Florida. 
uh, Tampa Bay, Florida, <laughs> Hillsborough County. Uh, there Very he is, T.J. Reeves uh, at the courthouse, whatever. We're hearing rumors, whatever this is, Tom Brady, Giselle, divorce. I mean, what is the deal with us? I mean, again, I don't get into this. People are asking me, and I say, and, and I, they, I look at them like they got three heads. I go, why are you asking me? I, have, I didn't hear anything about this, that he has had some marital problems. So let's go to our on-the-spot Hollywood reporter, T.J. Reeves, in divorce court. What's going on? Yes, Hillsborough County, the home of TJ, the home of Steinbrenner <laughs> High School, etc. We do, we do our best to uh, fulfill whatever the needs are of the TC Martin Show and audience. Look, I'm not a gossip reporter. I'll just, I will tell you what is out there yes. for, for the consumption of everybody. They are estranged. They are apart. She has not been to the home games. That is not typical. She was always at the home games, and so uh, at this point, you've got the TMZs, the New York Post. And all the other outlets, National Enquirer, and whatever else the doctor reads, uh, all of them, all of them, TV guys you know, showing pictures of her away from him without a wedding ring, blah blah blah. Okay, so there are clearly problems away from the field between the two of them. Uh, in terms of uh, him, he's not forthcoming with any of it, with the media or on his own. Let's go podcast that comes out on Monday nights. He has not really said anything. Hasn't been asked about it. Hasn't really said anything. But clearly she's not around, and that's not a good sign because typically, again, she's been at games with the family in a suite after the game. They take pictures together. Uh, By the way, you can see this on social media. They used to always, always have family pictures together. Uh, you know, during the week on social media, videos together. None of that is happening right now. So there, there are telltale signs that there is trouble. And I think it is fair to say, is that a part of the struggles for TB12 right now, that things have not been uh, glorious or comfortable with the home life and with kids involved, uh, et cetera. So it's part of it, but you and I both know what changes this, winning. You start to win, food tastes better, am I right, doctor? You sleep better, you get along better with everybody. Uh, outlook is better, so find a way to win the game on Thursday night, and some of this will calm down. And I think a lot of the people will, you know, say, "Okay, well, is is this going on because he decided to come back for another season? Is it football related? Is it Tampa Bay Buccaneers related?" And that we don't know, but it does beg the question and and make maybe a, a little bit of sense as well, too. Well, and that's what has been out there from the gossip sites, et cetera, is that she has reportedly been unhappy ever since he wanted to return back in March. And to whatever extent that it got worse, if it did, then that's obviously become a big distraction, a big problem privately. Um, I can't speak to that. I don't know that anybody can, and he won't speak to it (laughs) on to what's going on. But uh, some of this is obviously connect the dots. She is obviously not in favor of whatever, including playing football, because she's not around while it's going on. And she has been for the 12, I believe it's 12 previous football seasons. This is the 13th since they've been married. It is very unlike this whole situation for her to not even be around. So that's, that's the big indicator that everybody picked up on here in the last few weeks. All right, TJ Reeves joins us with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the sideline reporter, talking about the Bucs. They're 3-4 and four right now, but they're still tied with Atlanta for the lead in the NFC South, uh, I'm going to ask you this, and again, on, on a quick standpoint, and before we leave the buck talk here, um, I want to know what the feeling is, and this is three parts here. I'm just going to throw them all out, and then you briefly attack each one. What is the feeling, A, with the team, 
of what they're going through right now. The media, how are they, what are they saying back there? And then C, the fans' reaction. Well, I think from the team, you see frustration, you see anger over the last couple of games because you should have, should have righted the ship last week against that bunch. So I saw anger, I saw frustration in that locker room after the game, and I'm sure, and I've, and I've seen now because the media had access today for a Tuesday, unlike most weeks because this is an accelerated week, you, you could see it, and you heard players saying it. We're mad. We're ready to get this corrected. Okay, so then you have the media here, which by and large kind of just goes with the tide, you know, not literally in Tampa Bay, but figuratively. All right, so when this team beat Dallas and New Orleans, it's like, okay, where are we uh, making playoff reservations for? Two weeks into the season, 15 games to go. Now, of course, you start to lose, and, and you've got all the gossip stuff going on, and Brady uh, giving non-answers, which frustrates the media, and the offense scoring no points, so everybody is now piling on for all of the problems. So, and then from the fan standpoint, I think there are a lot of people uh, right now that don't know what to think because this wasn't supposed to be, especially after the good start. You win those first two games on the road, and then you knew that you were going to have three straight home games. You're thinking you're sitting pretty. You should be like four and one. Instead, you come out of that three and two with a couple of losses, and now you get to the basically halfway point of the season here where if you don't find a way to beat Baltimore, if, 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 you're three and five. Tom Brady's never been three and five before, by the way, doctor. Three and four in 2002 is the only time that he has had a below 500 record seven games in. So if you get to three and five, I don't even want to entertain that anymore. If you get to three and five, then, I mean, it's not just the fans. There are a lot of people that are going to be sounding the warning alarms about that start. So you mentioned Mike Evans earlier, dropping that pass and the uh, the opening drive. Uh, then, of course, Mike Evans is in the news. Again, more off-the-field stuff here for, uh, you know, apparently having a conversation with the officials after the game. People are saying that, that uh, the officials were asking for Mike Evans' autograph. Then we hear another story where one of the referees actually went to Texas A&M and was just trying to get his phone number, and there's video being shown of... Which is a tremendous fallback uh, alibi, by the way. That is phenomenal. So, TJ Reeves, he is our sideline reporter. You're there on the sidelines. Did your eyes witness any of this? Were you were you just racing down the tunnel and, and, and following Mike Evans and these officials exchanging phone numbers or cookie recipes or what? Okay, so uh, the first thing is an excellent question. I do not follow the players up in the tunnel. I wait for them to all go in there. Uh, see Adams, Devante, uh, which you guys have been talking about for a couple of weeks now, as for, as for the reasons why, especially after a loss, you get out of the way and let them go to the locker room. So... I, I was not witness to that. I, that tunnel is not a very big tunnel comparatively in the NFL to come up the tunnel and make the turn towards the locker room. There are some of them where you got to walk literally 50 yards or more and make the turn. So I was right behind all of the players going in. I did not see that. I've now seen the video. And, Doctor, there's a second video now. There's not just the first video. It's like the Sapruder film. There's not just the first uh, video for the second shooter, but there's now a second uh, video as well. Um, and, and so the second video brings more clarity and credibility to what the referee is saying. Because the first thing that strikes you watching the video is if this guy's autograph seeking, how come he doesn't have something in his hand, whether it's a hat, shirt, piece of paper, whatever? He asks the other official because he doesn't have anything to write on. And Mike 
takes his uh, you know pen, he gets the pen from the other ref and starts to write something, and then the video goes dark. And so everybody thought, well, wait a minute, that's a quick autograph. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So now in the second video, that's just a second or two later, somebody's got a view to the right where Evans is standing there with the referee and writing on the card. You can see that. So this lends credibility to he was getting his contact info for whatever reason, and allegedly it's because Mike Evans te- takes golf lessons in the off season from a golf pro that this guy knows, and the guy's trying to get a hold of Mike for whatever reason. Yeah, and Mike is giving him his phone number. Again, what kind of a crazy uh, <laughs> story can you add to the Buccaneers' miserable performance? As we might have mentioned, against a bad Carolina team that may not win another game this year. Uh, what what else can you add to that except there's Evans in the locker room or in the in the tunnel before the locker room, adding to the controversy by giving his info to a NFL referee in uniform about golf lessons. <laughs> Who had that on the bingo card, Doctor? I don't know, but I just know one thing: the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't much better. I think they have the same record as the Bucks, three and four, looking up in the standings. Well, but the Bolts have won a couple of games now. Be careful <laughs> because the Bolts won two games this past weekend. Mrs. Reeves is very thrilled that her guy, Braden Point, is back from the thigh injury at the end of last season and scored an overtime goal the other night. You love this uh, whenever I, I uh, digress and give you the stories. Friday night, I'm in Alabama getting ready to do the Alabama game, as you mentioned, with Tiki Barber, and I get contacted by one of the twins because they are able to see the game. The game is not on on the Hulu usually, but they're able to see the game on ESPN+, ESPN Plus in Espanol. They are watching the Spanish announcers uh, call the hockey game, which is fascinating. They're watching the Lightning game in Spanish, and they're giving me the updates on the Spanish guys going crazy about the fight, uh, about the power play, which, by the way, on the Spanish call, uh, fight and power play uh, and goal are all the same thing. Of course, goal is G-O-L, like World Cup starter goal. So they were wa- I'm just letting you know they were watching the win Friday night over the Panthers in Espanol, my friend, Very in nice. my household. All right, in re- my and real quick, how good is that atmosphere in Tuscaloosa? I mean, you're fortunate enough to be able to oh, yeah. go back there and broadcast games. Take us out on that real quick. So, Doctor, uh, this is not lost on me. It is one of these scenes in, in college football. And, you know, you've got Clemson, Death Valley. You've got, uh, obviously, some places like Ohio State or Texas to go watch a game. But in the South, I mean, these, these places like Knoxville, you saw that mayhem when they beat Alabama, or Baton Rouge, where Alabama's going to play next, or Gainesville, about 90 minutes from me to the north, where the Gators play. They go bonkers, and it's that way. In that place, they strike up the Leonard Skinner Sweet Home Alabama, and the tide come out of the tunnel with Nick Saban, and it is some scene. And, uh, uh, again, the tide have been really good. There's 100,000 strong, and it's a tough place to play. Tiki Barber and I have now done six games over the last three years, they're six for six on winning all the games. Uh, Nick Saban, by the way, you love the stats, has not lost an SEC home game ever in October. He's now like 30-0 and in his career. Never. Look at that for a trend uh, forthcoming whenever they're back at home next year. He doesn't lose. So it, it is some scene from the tailgate. I mean, they have, it's much like the doctor walking into the radio studio. They have an area where the team comes in uh, for the tide walk. Uh, to come into Bryant-Denny Stadium that literally has about 10,000 people divided up, about 5,000 on each side for the tide walk for them to come in. Very similar to the doctor's radio entrance into the studio every day. That's what it's like in Tuscaloosa. Love it. T.J. Reeves, appreciate you, brother. Good luck on Thursday night against the Ravens.
Always love being with my initials brother in the desert. We'll see if the Bucks get it straight, get it straightened out. We'll talk to you whenever you need me. Be well. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. There it is. Oh uh, yes, TJ Reeves. You will be a woman soon.